Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. That we start us another episode of Believe in Kentucky alongside former UK quarterback and provider of the highlight, Jalen Whitlow. We got the man who covers all the beats for the catspaws.com football, basketball, the overlap, the press conferences, the games, the travel, all of it Atlanta, Louisville, Chicago, Toronto, and Gershon. Fellas, how's everybody doing this evening? Good man, yeah man. Good, tired. Glad this day is. It was a good day, but uh, glad it's over. <laughs> a long yeah. day uh, covering. I was t- talking to Daryl uh, Bird on the phone earlier today and said, you know, tomorrow just covering a basketball game is the easy part of the job nowadays uh, with all this recruitment, all this money that's being thrown around. So uh, happy for all the kids that sign, not just with Kentucky, but across the country, every sport know how big of a day that is having covered some high school sports myself. I know Jalen working over doing some high school football. I bet you had some kids sign today and it's a great day for those kids, but uh, it's a hell of a day for the coaches and a hell of a day for uh, writers trying to track down all this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You Stoops kind of talked about it, you know, the, all the work that went into the days for oh. days, months, years in some cases. And that's that's no lie, man. It's yeah. It's- Normally I'd say he's probably smoking a cigar and having some bourbon, but he might just be sleeping tonight. Like that man, <laughs> uh the last two times we've talked to him, he's looked pretty damn tired. Liam Cohen on Monday, that's as tired as I've seen him. These coaches have been working uh 24-7, man, close to it. Uh not much sleep, not much time to rest between uh, I think I forget if it was Mayor or Stoops who said it really well that today was draft day with getting all your uh, high school kids signed. Uh, it was the free agency day, the free agency frenzy day, signing those kids. Uh, and then on top of that, you know, you're preparing for your yearly Super Bowl. It's just it, it's insane how much they've got to do in the month of December. But um, at least for now, you know, the portal will be open for a little longer. Visits will be allowed there in early January. But uh, for the most part, you know, things are going to calm down on the trail, at least as far as 2024 goes, um, the rest of the offseason. So at least they got through uh, this insane amount, uh, this insane period of time here in December. And now they'll uh, get ready for Clemson full throttle. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how they do it, man. You know, to be honest, 
I just don't know. I just I know how hectic it is on signing day. Um, but when I think the biggest thing, I just got done watching Nick Saban's press conference from the day, and I think the biggest thing, man, you, you're actually trying to prepare to win a game. Um, and yeah. when you combine all of that stuff along with you're still recruiting the next class today. Like you're still meeting about recruits. You're still watching film from, at least you're trying to, um, and you're still trying to recruit class 25, 26. So <laughs> I, I don't, I really don't know how they do it. I don't know how they balance this life, family life, what they like to do in their personal time. Like, do they even get chance? I mean, I, I don't know. Um, you know, it's just, they got <laughs> They gotta update that calendar, man. Um, you know, you gotta allow coaches to have some sort of normalcy and get some type of sleep and balance this thing out because they don't have. There's not a lot of balance right now in college football um, at all. So, you know, again, I you know, that, shout out to them, salute to them because I know that I know it's it's tough, and the fact that they were able to reel reel in the class that they reeled in, and not really the high school kids, but man, some of those transfers that they brought in. Um, it, it says a lot about where the program is right now. It says a lot about how far, let's call a spade a spade, the collective has grown. Um, yeah. You know, it, it says a lot. So, you know, shout out to them. Yeah, for sure, for sure. We'll, we'll definitely get back to it, too, and, and before we switch. And we should do the basketball first as we got games. But, Jalen, like you said, you said it many times, too. During the season, the offseason, the regular season, you said it. Countless times, these guys they get paid a lot. They compensated well, but that that grind, it, how they it just drains you, and there's no time for nothing. You like you said, you, I want to go fishing sometimes. I don't even know if they had time to do that. So it's, it's yeah, man, yeah, man. You want to go fishing? You want to go, you know, go to the range? I mean, do something. Like, do they ever? Do, I like I said, I, I really respect the fact that they able to do what they do. Because I know how hard it is. Um, I know how difficult it is. Obviously, I've never done it, but I've been a part of a, a college staff that had to deal with signing day. Um, and I know how hectic that could be. Um, so, man, like I said, you know, that, that's that's big time. Yeah. Speaking of big time, the young freshman in Atlanta against the grown, old, experienced North Carolina Tar Heels, the freshmen were big time because <laughs> Kentucky's old guys didn't didn't really shine. The, the freshmen really did the heavy lifting. Yeah, they did. I mean, yet another day kind of in a big game where Antonio Reeves struggled a little bit. Though, give him some credit. He did score nine in the second half and yeah. get five or six rebounds. But, you know, Trey Mitchell statistically didn't have a great game. Uh, the freshman did, <laughs> like you said, Vinny. I mean, uh, starting off with Rob Dillingham, he kind of got off to a slow start. Uh, I think it was like a two for 10 start. And then it felt like he was making everything and he was getting by guys and doing Rob Dillingham things. He was awesome. Um, Reed Shepard, just steady as it gets yet again, Aaron Bradshaw. I think if he doesn't get into foul trouble, that stat line's looking more like 12 and 15 or excuse me, 20 and 15. Uh, I think he ended up with like 12 and seven. He did a really good job on Armando Baycott. Um, just an all around. Uh, team effort yet again and I know that it was a close game it, it was a nail biter and the crowd was electric it was as close to 50 50 as you can get as good of a neutral site atmosphere as I've ever been in I thought it was I don't know how it sounded to you guys on tv but wow uh it was awesome but um 
man, like you said, going up against a veteran team, Armando Baycott's been in college for 30 years. Uh, RJ Davis not much, has been in there for almost as long. And RJ Davis is a hell of a player. Cormac Ryan at Notre Dame had been around a while. And this team with all these freshmen and a couple sophomores and two seniors found a way to get it done. And they only trailed for 16 seconds. Uh, really, really impressive showing. Uh, big for this team. Uh, Mitch Barnhart, I don't know if you saw the clip, and it was one of my buddies who shot it down there that of him saying uh, it's been a long time because it has been. This is probably the biggest non-conference win for Kentucky since when they went to Kansas and beat up on the Jayhawks a couple of years ago. And they needed this one. They needed a big-time win. They needed a quad one win, and they did it in a pretty, pretty damn impressive fashion against the, again, North Carolina – had a tough year last year, but they're veteran-led. Uh, they've got a lot of talent. They, they are at UNC at the end of the day. They're going to be in the tournament. They're going to have a chance to go far in the thing. And uh, Kentucky outplayed, uh, even though, again, it got close and you blew, I think, a 14- or 16-point lead at one point, uh, this team found a way to get it done. Yeah, you know, it, it was the first game that I sat down to watch from start to finish. Um you know, and I, like I said, I, I just enjoy watching the same. Like I said, I think they have a lot of balance in how they can play basketball. No doubt. Uh, they have the ability to slow it down and play a half-court game. Mm -hmm. They have the ability to play, you know, a fast-break style of play, um, you know, uh, just a fire hydrant, you know, Tennessee football style of play when it comes to basketball. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they, have, they have the ability to play inside of the paint a little bit now. They have the ability to shoot the ball. They have the ability to play defense. Uh, they have the ability to be aggressive in passing lanes due to their athleticism and length. Um, you know, I just think it's an all-around good team. It's an exciting team to watch. Um, Bradshaw, man, if he – you know, the, the, the more games he get under his belt, man, he may he's going to be an issue um, I agree. for teams moving forward. Uh, and like I said, I think – a very, very steady player. You know what you're going to get night in, night out. Reed Shepard played well. Um, you know, he tends to make his the shots that they need when he's open. He tends to make them. Uh, he makes all the right passes uh, at the right times. He got a couple steals, uh, played a decent defense, you know. So that was big. Rob Dillingham, obviously, is, is you know, is a, he's, a, he's box office um, in the way that he plays basketball. So, they are really balanced. Uh, they beat a really uh, veteran team. Uh, and like you said, they controlled the game. Yep. There was only one time in the game where I was like, oh, you know, and that was right before half where it kind of, you know. Yeah, after the technical. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they went like on a, what was it, a nine-point run? Uh, it was 11-3 to finish. After the tech, it was 11-3. I'm not sure what the O was, but yeah. yeah. That was the only time where I was like, you know, it didn't feel like they controlled the game. You know, right. any other time, it felt like Kentucky controlled the basketball game. Yep. Um, and, and that's saying a lot when you're playing, you know, uh, you know, 24-year-old, you know, young man out there, and, and you got a team full of, you know, wet behind the ear, 18-year-old freshman. So um, that that's that's big, man. Like I said, this team, there's no limit, I feel like, for no. how far this team can go, how much they can incre in increase their style of play, increase their production. Um, it's just going to be about playing good at the right time this year. That's what it's going to come down to. Yeah, and just going off that, well, I think there were a lot of impressive moments, plays, whatever, but I thought the most impressive run by this team was 
another point in the game, Jalen, similar to the one at the end of the first half when uh, North Carolina, I forgot the exact run, but they went went up by one uh, for the first time all game, take the lead, and you, the North Carolina fans started to take that building over a little bit. In Kentucky, just like that, 6-0 run. And I know I forgot who scored the, the first two points, but Dillingham had four of them on contested layups. When they did that with Dillingham, a freshman leading the way, I knew they were going to win the game. And that's when I was like, wow, like that, that's really impressive stuff uh, that you just saw your double digit lead evaporate. Uh, very similar to the way the Kansas game went, right? Kansas had a, or Kentucky had a 14 point lead, I think, going into the first media timeout in the second half. It slowly evaporated. And, and at that point in the game, Kansas took it over. Well, I guess it was a little later, but still, point stands where they let a big lead evaporate. But this team, you know, punch, counter punch right back. And, you know, obviously, North Carolina pulled within one a couple more times. They, pulled within one bucket. They had a chance even in the final 11 seconds if they don't throw a pass off a guy's back. Uh, maybe that, maybe they, R.J. Davis hits a three and we're going to overtime and the result's different. But uh, when they went on that 6-0 uh, run to counterpunch the uh, the run, Carolina went on to take the lead. That that really stood out to me. That was um, – that was a the nuts dropped a little bit on that one, if you will. Like that is a that was big boy basketball from eighteen to nineteen year olds. Hey, we're live on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Courtesy to Believe Podcast Network. We got the Believe in Kentucky YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter. Feel free to drop a comment, and uh, we'd love to have you interact with the show. A lot of you commented last week, so feel free to do that again. Um, to me, it was it's kind of you know Baltimore Ravens esque. You know, Baltimore is had to lead or been tied 90% of the season. Basically they haven't trailed all year and Kentucky, Kentucky virtually went wire to wire. Like you said, you know, they took that 72, 71 lead. Yep. And Aaron, you mentioned it. You, and you were right there in the house. You talked about yep. how the Carolina fans were about to take the, trying to take the building over watching it on TV and, you know, Kentucky's up 13 to eight. They're up nine, 10. They build this lead and kind of control the game. And Carolina's trying to climb back in it, get over the hump, climb back in it, get over the hump. And there was, you know, of course, there's a lot of Carolina fans in there. But there's there was, you know, from the way the camera was set up on TV, there was a section of them right there courtside. And every time they would make a run, you see the blue shirt start to (laughs) there, the powder blue shirt start to stand up and try to get into the game. It could take with him with a run and then they would sit down again. They stand up yeah. thinking, oh, here we here, here we make our push. And Kentucky would like Clark Kellogg said that that spurtability, Kentucky hit him with a little spurt, and then they, they have to sit back down again. It just kept Kentucky kept bursting those people's yeah. bubbles all night. Yeah, they sure did. And again, that that building was incredible, man. I mean, it's a perfect if you're gonna play Carolina, uh Kentucky and you're not going to do it on campuses. Atlanta's a pretty damn good spot because it's drivable for both. Uh, it's kind of – I don't know the distance from from uh, Chapel Hill off the top of my head. They, but I They said it on TV. It was yeah. 379 miles from Chapel Hill, 380 miles from Lexington yeah. or something So there like you that. go. And I didn't almost, know that. That's crazy. That. Yeah, it felt that <laughs> way, though. It really did. And uh, it was really cool. I mean, even, you know, driving to and from Atlanta, you know, every time you stop – at a rest stop where we stopped at Bucky's a couple of times. Bucky's, with, shout out yeah, to Bucky's. Uh, shout out Bucky's, <laughs> free ad. But, um, 
yeah, a lot of Kentucky fans in the house. So um, it, it was it was just an awesome, awesome atmosphere. And you're right. I mean, the fans even uh, traded counter punches. There was actually an incident in the stands that Maggie Davis reported. I didn't see it, but man, it, it was intense. It felt like felt like the NCAA tournament. I mean, it really did. I mean, Trey Mitchell even said so. So um, I'm all for that game every year, man. I, I know Hubert Davis mentioned it before the game that they needed to bring uh, put a Kentucky-North Carolina series together. And I know Kentucky's kind of loaded that baby up with some uh, pretty good scheduling next year. I know, you know, obviously the Indiana series is going to start next year. Uh, Gonzaga's not going anywhere. They go to Seattle to play them next year. Um I feel like there's another one off the top of my head, but if you can find a way to get North Carolina as a permanent and not permanent, but in a series for the next five to six years, uh, I think that'd be pretty electric because with the CBS sports classic, I'm a little curious to see what they do with this thing. Cause you have Ohio state and UCLA who are going to be in the same conference. So something's got to give there. And do they just reshuffle all the teams? If North Carolina and Kentucky were have a series, I don't know. Or, but uh, you got to find a way to play this game, whether it's, you know, alternating CBS Classic, ACC, SEC Challenge. I mean, when's the last time North Carolina, Kentucky didn't live up to the hype? Maybe, I guess, the, if you wanted to say from a blowout standpoint, the, the game Severe Wheeler kind of kicked their butts a couple of years ago. Yeah. But other than that, man, this game always delivers uh, one way or the other with the winner. But, yeah. I mean, it just delivers. <laughs> it, it, it's automatic. You get Carolina, Kentucky, it's going to be a, a must-watch basketball game. Yeah, and both sides. You know, they've yeah they've had good wins. Kentucky's had good wins. You know, we, everybody remembers Malik Monk going for 47. You know, Tayshaun Prince and Rep Arena hitting five threes. Yep. You know, pulling up, it's just, yeah, it's – Kind of like that Iron Bowl, Jalen. It's it's always you know Auburn can be six and five like they were or whatever, and the game you're losing to New Mexico State, but the game is <laughs> off the chain. You know, yeah, it's, it's never games like that. Man, you got to find a way to put them on the schedule. Got to find a way to play them. You know, it's and it's funny because you know the Iron Bowl. I was telling people, you know, because obviously New Mexico State kind of blew Auburn out at Auburn. I was like, it, it don't matter when it comes to the Iron Bowl. That's kind of how North Carolina, Kentucky basketball, it just don't matter. Like, you're going to get a good game no matter what. Yeah. Mike's and Duke or Michigan State in the Coaches Classic. Mm. Uh, I think you meant CBS, but probably not, I would say, just because they're already in the CBS, uh, in the champions the already. Champions, uh, I thought the teams that I've been talking about with some buddies is Villanova, maybe UConn. Mm something like that to spice it up. Uh, no offense to Ohio State. They just are – and I know they won their game. UCLA is terrible this year. I don't know if you saw what happened to them last night. I, don't, I couldn't even tell you who they lost to. I'd never heard of them. Who? But um, UCLA, they lost oh. to oh. – who the hell did they lose to? I'll find it. But it was bad. Um, <laughs> I would think yeah, – um, But, I, yeah, they uh, California State Northridge. Oh, wow. Yeah. I would – I would maybe be in favor of because uh, Kentucky owes them some some payback for because they've had the upper hand the last few times we played them. I mean, that's your home state and everything, but yeah. you know, Connecticut's gotten can, the better of Kentucky the last few sure. matchups. So uh, and they are where they are right now, defending champs. You know, Hurley's got them really, yeah. you know, flashing back to the Calhoun days. So yeah, uh, they lost a tough one tonight, but. That team yeah, ain't who, going anywhere. Who, they who, lost to Seton who, who Hall at Seton yeah. Hall. 
See, no, I beat him up pretty good, right? Yeah, Shaheen Holloway, man. He's a giant <laughs> killer. Uh, but, yeah, UConn ain't going anywhere. Like you said, uh, Dan Hurley's got that thing rolling up there. Uh, they're not going anywhere. They, they're going to be good for a while. That would be great to add them to that classic, I really think. Again, no offense to Ohio State, but, like, they, uh, if this were, the, I think, the 1960s when they were a powerhouse, uh, oh, you know, man. that's one thing. But, like, right now they're just not. And, you know, UCLA, you can also argue, hasn't been great. You know, I know the last couple of years under Cronin have been really good. They had the Final Four year. They had the deep run the year before that, but um, or the year after that. But, you know, this year's been bad, but still, they're UCLA at the end of the day. You got to find you got to find someone to take that Ohio State spot now that uh, two Big Ten they're both going to be in the Big Ten. I assume one of them is going to leave that thing. I, I mean, unless you just find a, I don't know how you could even do it to rotate opponents and make sure those two teams play each other. Yeah, or don't play each other. Yeah, keeps going. It's going. It's going to be unavoidable. You know, with the whole yeah, that's super conferences or whatever. <laughs> I mean, the only. Yeah, did you guys see like, the only thing I could think of? Like, um, I think Utah is playing Baylor. They're finishing like a series, and that's going to be a non-conference game, even though both are in the Big Twelve next year. But it won't count toward the Big Twelve. Like, what is this? What are we doing? That's why. Um, that's why they didn't like you know Georgia and Oklahoma were supposed to play this year, and they were they had a series starting, and that's why they the SEC told them don't do it. Like, we got to cancel the series because they don't want that. That, they don't want that situation next year where uh, those two teams play with the SEC logos on each helmet and each jersey, and it doesn't count toward the SEC. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. that's some of the repercussions or ricochet stuff, the peripheral stuff that you Crazy. don't really consider. And, oh, we got to figure out what we're going to do with Yeah. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't gone too far in the weeds to see if there are any of those elder series out there, but uh, I did read that about Utah and Baylor. I know they played each other this year, so it makes sense that uh, they were already on the schedule to play um, this coming season. So you make the trek, like you said, your your easy day tomorrow just means getting to Louisville and covering yep. the game. At, you know, six o'clock tip at the Yum Center. It's like it's like all the coaches. You want to make yeah. the games easier than practice. Game day is like an off day, and you know, covering a basketball game is like an off day now for you. So. Yeah, it basically is. <laughs> it really basically is. But uh, yeah, it should be a lot of fun tomorrow night. Uh, I am very very uh, curious to see what that building is going to look like. Yeah. Uh, man. I saw that report from Rick Bozich that uh, Louisville was pumping in crowd noise into practice, so that can't be a good sign. Um, I know they're trying a red out. I don't think that's going to work. Um, but, look, I, I, Kentucky will win this game, but Louisville, I, I, I think you're going to get the best of Louisville tomorrow. I know last yeah. year I didn't really – I honest to God didn't get to watch much of last year because I was unfortunately at the Music City Bowl um, and had to watch that disaster. But um, – I know that score wasn't quite as bad as some were anticipating. I know at times Louisville was able to hang around. So I think you're going to get Louisville's best punch. you got to have some pride in this rivalry. I think um, – I know Kenny Payne doesn't sound like he understands it with the media, but I think he does. He's been around it too much on both sides not to understand it. You have to be oblivious, which I don't think he's oblivious. Um, you have Sky Clark, who is obviously a former Kentucky signee. Like, There's some right. juice in this thing. Um, from their side, they're gonna know what's at stake. But uh, this is like a can't. This is more of a can't lose. <laughs> like you just can't find right. a way to get embarrassed. It would be. It's not gonna happen again. But like Louisville is such a train wreck right now, and this is really hard to do on the road. 
if Kentucky were to lose, it'd be a quad four loss. Like on the road, that's almost impossible with how the quads are set up. Because they are 300 and what? Or they're 265, I think. Oh, they're that high. Wow. Yeah, they're that high. Yeah. Because <laughs> what, what, did the, the win over Pepperdine raise them up, I guess? Because uh, it's probably other teams falling down, if we're being it, honest. Kansas, Kansas State or somebody, somebody got beat the other day. You might have saw this, Aaron. Y'all both might have saw it. Somebody lost 62 to 46. I think one of them was Kansas State. And the, the Ken Palm ranking matched the score for both teams. The 60, 62nd ranked team That's funny. beat the 46th ranked team, 62 to 46. And then mm. somebody on Twitter said, you know, this has never happened again. And they said, wait until Louisville beats Notre Dame 312 to 276 huh. or whatever. <laughs> so. Oh Maybe that win over Pepperdine jumped them up to 260-something now. Yeah, win's a win, I guess. Win's yeah. a win. It's, it's like when your, your batting average is so low and you finally get one hit. <laughs> you know, it jumps you up. <laughs> now he's batting 197. You know, he Woo-hoo! raises average. He raises exactly. average 100 points. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're a mess, man. And uh, you just got to kick them while you're down. And uh, Look, Kenny and Cal are pals. If Kentucky gets up 30 in the second half, I can see them sitting on that ball a little bit. I don't think they're going to run it up on KP there. But uh, if you're Kentucky, you just got to go handle business and uh, make your fans happy. A lot of them are going to make the the short drive down the down to the you know West I-64. A lot are already in Louisville. Um, I, I think they're going to pummel them. I mean, I don't think anyone doesn't think they're going to pummel them. And then you move on and you get Christmas break. <laughs> I mean, it's really – I wish this game had more luster. I, we set, talked about it at nauseum in the offseason. And credit to Jeff Brom. You know, he made that football team a, a solid team uh, and that made this game this year a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, it meant a little something. I think it even meant a little more to Kentucky to win that game this year. Obviously, they were ranked 10th. But just knowing, like, that wasn't a pushover Louisville team. Uh, by any means. So uh, I hope the same could happen with basketball someday, but uh, I don't think that day is going to be tomorrow. Mike, with the will Kenny Payne be fired after the Kentucky game? I, uh, at this rate, I don't think yeah. so. If if they had lost to Pepperdine, I wonder what would have happened, which they, yeah. they won. And I mean, Arkansas State beats you by 20 at home. You think that's right? I thought that was going to be it. I mean, they, the they, low- they got to make the. They gotta make it happen soon. Yeah, I mean, come on. I mean, what are we doing? Like, don't drag it out. I yeah. mean, you know, just go ahead and. I get, I, I, I think, get not wanting to do it right now, but man, you know, it, I, it's. Uh-huh. I think it's, it's all money awesome. thing. I mean, I think I was uh, forget if I was reading or listening to uh, Nick Coffee over there. Uh, great, great radio host, by the way. I know he's a big cards guy, but uh, he do, he does great work. Um, he was talking about. I think the buyout drops the two million uh, drops by two million if you wait out the rest of the season. And uh, you know, obviously, Louisville's had to deal with some some coaching things and some money. You know, changing hands that maybe they want to save that money and to kind of know this team is toast anyway. But at the at, at, at the same on the same token, like you you got to have some pride. Like this is Louisville we're talking about. We're not talking about. Indiana, uh, Indiana Wesleyan. Like we're talking about Louisville uh, basketball, a top ten program historically ever. Uh, there's got to be some pride to uh, say that what Kenny Payne's not doing is not acceptable, and finding an interim coach, and then you know going and having a big time search at the end of this year. But uh, 
I don't think he'll be fired no matter what happens. I think uh, I see Clyde saying book it. Uh, yeah, predictions coming in. Uh, unless they, unless, maybe if they get 50 piece or something. Uh, but yeah. I, I don't think John's going to do that to his buddy Kenny. Mm. Yeah, yeah, Cal. <laughs> Cal's going to try his best not to allow that to happen. Though, would it? You know, yeah, they'll go up by 30 and sit he'll on do, the ball. He'll do his part. And now, if, if Louisville does their part, it won't get that out of hand. Right. So we'll see. Uh, Mike Dowd, I've heard they're waiting to see if Carter Knox commits to Kenny. If he doesn't commit, I believe he'll be fired. Yeah, that that's that's a little fair. I mean, you obviously got to have some recruiting momentum, I guess. But uh, look, at the end of the day, uh, it's college sports in 2023. If he's not getting the job done, he's going to get fired. Um, I mean, j- Bill, just Bill Belichick about to get run off. So, you know. He, yeah, he's... if Bill Belichick can get fired, uh, Kenny Payne. <laughs> really Absolutely. <laughs> It can happen yeah. to anybody. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, you know, get over there and keep everybody healthy and take care of business, basically, and, and get back to Lexington, like you said, for break, Aaron. Um, and we got Big Z is uh, still a part of this team. <laughs> I don't yeah. know what, what's going on with that. Um, the NCA kind of just throws darts, and it'll either say let them play or don't. When they decide when they want to play their game, so uh, I don't know when they're going to play Big Z's round. Hopefully, within this week, or it sounds like you know he talked about he had the Twitter statement today, you know, saying how much he loves it here. But you know, there's been talk about you know going home for the holidays and literally just not coming back. And I wouldn't blame the kid because uh, he's from from everything I've been told and everything that's been uh, reported out there. It sounds like he's done everything right. Uh, he's here. Uh, he said he's been doing well in school and, you know, he's back practicing. He's healthy and it's a, it's a shame, but uh, you, you want to do right by the kid at the end of the day. And if yeah. that's going home, that'll be going home. Cause you can't, from his standpoint, you can't not feel jerked around at this point. And if you, yeah. you know, you're busting it, do everything you can, you know, over here, foreign language, foreign country, got your grades, right. You know, practicing not sick anymore you couldn't you know had to get over all, all that and you still this doesn't seem feels right. like you're just getting the carrot dangled in front of you and there's more hurdles and uh, yeah it's, it's messed up yep so, oh we got tons of signing day stuff to talk about but man Jalen, i gotta i gotta uh ask you real quick because you know we've talked about you know aaron you're from connecticut you know, Jalen, you're from Montgomery. We talked about both of y'all's hometowns and stuff from time to time. Just, look, I'm I'm from here. We talk about Kentucky. I'm from Kentucky, and a lot of listeners are from Kentucky, so we know about Kentucky. So it's good to get stuff about where y'all are from from time to time. So on that note, last week after we finished the episode, I watched the uh, you know SEC story, like their version of 30 for 30, and it was on Bart Starr. Now, from Montgomery, Alabama – now he's a, a generation or two older than than all of us, you know. Played That's before Dick, our time. Dick Gabriel's favorite, right? There. Yeah, yeah. His dog is named uh, either Star or Bart. I forget. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And glad to hear that he's going to be going to the Gator Bowl. Too. I know he's going to the game. Yeah. yeah, I'm very excited. He was at, and you know who else was at media today? Real quick. I'm sorry to get off track because I want to get to Jalen here, but uh, Lonnie Demery was at the uh, student press conference. <laughs> I today. heard it. Was so, I was really happy after the fall he had, and unfortunately, I was the one who – well, unfortunately, I guess I was the one who was there and able to 
you know, call for some help. And there were some other people there, Cam Drummond of the Herald Leader, uh, Michelle from the AP, and then some uh, uh, ROTC personnel came and helped out. So shout out to everyone who who helped. And then obviously, you know, EMS and everyone, and he seems to be, he was Lonnie, man, <laughs> smiling. Uh, would never have known he got a little beat up out there. So it was great to see Lonnie back today. Yeah, I heard him ask a question and Stoops is Yep. Yeah, he's right. I didn't even know he was there because he snuck in late and he was right behind me. I'm like, oh, he's here. He's back. So uh, we were all excited to see that. <laughs> yeah, Lonnie, Jalen just be chuckling at all the old school dudes, you know. They vault and Lonnie and Jalen just be like, yeah, I remember them. Oh, getting... <laughs> oh Lord. <laughs> he's the man. He yeah, is he, the man. he is the man, man. I, you can't help but to look forward to his questions. Yeah, no, and he uh, he loves UK football, man. Uh, I was talking to his, I, I was talking to one of his family members who wanted to just kind of know what happened with him. He was saying that initially, you know, Lonnie had a concussion and there was some, you know, confusion a little bit going on, and he thought it was 2007, and it was because it was such a good year for UK football. So uh, that's the type of guy Lonnie is. Uh, so again, yeah, really good to see him and Dick uh, back yeah. doing the, doing what they love. Yeah, for sure. So the what I was going to show you about Bart Starr is, first of all, I knew he went to Alabama. I didn't know he was from Montgomery, so that's number one. Um, and he he his younger brother passed away, and growing up, his father, like straight up, just basically liked his younger brother better than him, and he's <laughs> they're playing in the yard. Stepped on a nail and kind of got tetanus, and the tetanus shot wasn't a real thing back then. His younger brother passed away, but the dad was always like, "You're not as tough as your younger brother. You're not the athlete he is." And and Bart kind of had that. That's kind of where he got that drive from to just, you know, prove all doubt is wrong. And eventually, their relationship as an adult, when he's with the Packers, you know, Bart's kids talk about the granddad coming to Green Bay to visit and all that. And but. It was really rocky, and it, it was, you know, dad's attitude wasn't really right as far as how he viewed, you know, the kids. But, Jalen, I just don't know, you know, my, my first question, you know, you you know a lot of talent comes out of Montgomery. You talk about your Michael Green and players and stuff like that. Is Did you know, Bart Starr get talked about a lot, even though he was before you? Number two, he also was really close to coming to Kentucky. Like, Babe yeah. really was his favorite player, but his girlfriend went to Auburn. His girlfriend, who became his wife, went to Auburn. And so he wasn't trying to drive from uh, Lexington to Auburn whenever he could to see his fiance. He would make that Tuscaloosa to Auburn drive, even if he could just see it for an hour or two. But they, you know, end up being married for decades and decades. But I didn't know he was like this close to playing for the Cats. I was like, "Wow, that is crazy." So I, I just, I, I just said a whole lot of stuff. I know, <laughs> but fellow Montgomery Alabamian, Bart Starr, quarterback Bart Starr, got a Montgomery native here, Jalen Whitlow, and then the fact that he almost played for Kentucky. So I just, I just wonder how he still talked about down there in, in your neck of the woods. Yeah, it's, it's funny that you know, if you were asked the average football person around my age or younger, they wouldn't even know that he's from Montgomery. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. They wouldn't they wouldn't even know. Uh because, you know, it, things have changed so much. You know, he went to uh 
if I don't, if I remember correctly, he went to Sydney Lanier High School, which is actually where my mom went. Um, mm. And you know, that it's just so much. Has, you know, it's just it's changed so much. It's not <laughs> the same. Like they they're closing that school down. I think this year or next year, uh, they're closing Sydney Lanier down, um, and they'll consolidate another school on that side of town. Um, but yeah, he don't he don't get talked about very much, man. It, it's funny. Now, obviously, if you ask the Alabama fan. Mm-hmm. They'll mm-hmm. they'll probably know, but um, you know he don't he don't get talked about much uh, in Montgomery. I mean, we got to you know that's been a while too. So um, right. you know people don't really you know remember. I had to remember that when you said his name, I was like, oh wow, yeah, he is from Montgomery. I had to really remember that because like, <laughs> we, we just you know he just you know his his, his times have changed. So, um, but yeah, he, he you know it the people who do know hold it in high regard because, you know, that's a, you know, a, a, a legend and not only a legend, but a quarterback that's from the city of Montgomery that has, you know, Tavares Jackson, the late Tavares Jackson from yep. Montgomery. He actually went to Sydney in near high school as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, that, that's a big deal. So, you know, Montgomery has produced some guys, um, but to be such a not so big town, mm-hmm. we have produced a few quarterbacks that, you know, that were legends in their own right, man. So, yeah, he, he's from Montgomery, man. He went to Sydney in their high school in West Montgomery. Um, and, you know, obviously his name, you go into school, his name is on, you know, he, he's uh, he's up there. They, they let you know. Uh, but, you know, it's not as big as you would think it it would be, you know, the fact that Bart Starr went to Sydney in there with Alabama, uh, even though he, he is a legend. So, um, but, you know, people like me who – grew up or you know sports fanatics and we kind of know everybody who you know played ball coming out of the city uh of course i, I had an idea i knew about it so uh but that that is you know something that we talk i remember in college we you know we have these conversations who's from your city and you know he's a name that you know i would bring up like this yeah. dude, i mean is a, is a legend of bama played with the packers you know so you can't it's hard to top that Won the first two Super Bowls ever. You know? No doubt. That's right. <laughs> first two Super Bowls ever. I mean, um, I mean that's that's gold jacket type stuff. <laughs> yeah. I mean, hey, he's got one. Yeah. So, so did you uh, did you play Sydney Lanier every year? Yeah. Uh, and how did you how did you fare against them? Yeah, we did. Uh, they're not. You know, they kind of fell off in the football uh, thing. They're not really a football school. Really good at basketball. They have been historically, um, uh, you know, but, you know, we always, we always beat them up pretty good, man. You know, <laughs> <laughs> to be honest with you. And I, 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 I say that with some type, with some hesitancy because I got a lot of friends that, I, that, you know, people that well, I, I got to talk that, talk. That, that played for them. But, uh, but yeah, they, we, every time we played them in football, we, we destroyed them. <laughs> and you won. You won a state championship in school too, right? You won yeah, my senior year of high school, we we won state. Actually, state. that year we play. I mean, we played them on homecoming, which is oh, which is, oh. Uh, <laughs> you know what that means. You know yeah. what that means. But uh, that, yeah. that that game was one of the games. That, it's funny because every game when I was at my first high school, that's the game that I, I broke my leg in that game. I was I was starting quarterback my first year starting quarterback in high school as a sophomore, and um, I actually had a season in the injury season ending injury that game. 
The next year we played them was this, this is Prattville, right? You're Prattville. No, this was when I was at Jeff Davis in Montgomery. Okay. Um, okay. And then the, the next year we played them, um, when I was at Prattville, I had my best game of the year. And then my senior year we played them, I had my best all-purpose game of the year. I, I think I threw a touchdown, ran a touchdown, and I caught two. Um, so, you know, it was just, you know, <laughs> it was always a bad a bad day for Lanier when they played <laughs> Is is Roman Harper the most famous Prattville guy? Yeah, yeah. His okay. whole fam- his whole family is probably super famous. Roman Harper was a dog that Prattville man. He he's a legend. Like he he is, you know. And it helped his the whole allure of Roman Harper. It helped the fact that he went to Bama. Um, oh yeah. But he 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 was a legend, man. His dad is a legend. Everybody loved his dad, respect his dad, his sisters, his brother. Uh, you know, they, they were just legends. You know, he was a, he was a dog. He'd go to Prattville. He's uh he's Prattville royalty, man. Okay. Cool. Yeah. He's Prattville royalty right there, man. He can go, he show up at a game. I mean, he don't really have time to show up at a game cause he's always doing SEC Let's stuff. See. But, yep. um, but yeah, he, he, he's a, he's one of those guys, man. You walk in, you're going to know that he, he went to Prattville high school. <laughs> so I mean, we had to, we had a detour, but I knew, as soon as I was, you know, we finished up, I, I flipped that on last like, man, we're going to talk about Bar Star next week since he's my, from Montgomery. Because I had no clue. I was like, yeah. oh, Montgomery? Oh. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. so I, said, yeah. I got, had to get all that in, in amongst the Kentucky basketball talk, the National Signing Day. You know, we, we detour and talk Connecticut and we talk Alabama because that's where y'all from. So, you know, got to get that no in doubt. from the time, man. No doubt. Oh. So signing day, man. We, you know, Pop Dumas yeah, Johnson is the yeah. Got to start there, right? Oh yeah, oh you have to. I mean, that <laughs> there are a lot of good names on this list that we'll get into here. Um, there's one position left to be desired. I think we'll get into, but uh, what I mean to get a Buckus Award <laughs> got a Buckus Award finalist, an All American, a two year starter for the best program in college football right now. Uh, two national championships played a huge role on both of them, especially uh, 2022. I mean, that is that's huge, man. I mean, Trevin Wallace leaving early, I think, was uh, on Friday was a little bit of a tough blow. I think yeah. I, I kind of saw it coming, but uh, mm. not to say others didn't. It seemed like a surprise to some, I thought. Just because you saw guys like Dumas Johnson decide to hit the portal instead of go to the draft, uh, Barrett Carter over at Clemson decide uh, to stay another year. So I kind of felt like maybe with Trevin's high upside, it might have been the right move for him. And sure enough, he goes and does that, and he'll play in the bowl too. So that's pretty cool. Another guy mm-hmm. opting in, but you needed a guy to plug next to Derek Jackson, and. Uh, I think that's a guy who could plug and play next to Derek Jackson. And I was talking to my buddy Jordan Hill, who covers Georgia for uh, two four seven, um, their site over there. Uh, great reporter, and you know he he uh, he was kind of telling me that it ended up being a perfect situation for Kentucky, where you know a guy like C.J. Allen at uh, Georgia really played out of his mind when Dumas Johnson got hurt at the end of the year and Dumas Johnson kind of got Wally pipped where he got hurt and lost his position. And it, you know, he wanted, he didn't want to go fight for a starting role when he's been an all American and uh, he ends up at Kentucky over, you know, Auburn had him for a visit after Kentucky and Florida state was hoping that, that he wouldn't sign here uh, so that he could visit in January, but Kentucky gets it done over some, 
some powerhouse programs that could probably pay a lot of money. And uh, you're talking about a, a defense that, that might be able to really stop the run at an elite rate. With you have Dion Walker up front, you have all the experience that's going to come back on that D line with Oxendine, uh, Trayvon Ripka, uh, some of the freshmen that they're going to add. I think in this class might play right away. Um, uh, Khalil Saunders, Keyshawn Silver, a lot of dudes coming back. Then you add Dumas Johnson and D-Jack to the second level. I've heard J.J. Weaver might be coming back for year 95 uh, next year. How? No. How? Right, <laughs> uh, it's been a long day, so I'm picking on people a little extra. No, but I, in all seriousness, I have heard that J.J. is likely to come back for next year. Um, that would be – I mean, you know, they didn't really get many – they didn't get any edge presence in the portal – they obviously signed mm-hmm. a bunch out of the high school ranks, mm-hmm. but uh, to get a JJ back for a sixth year, who maybe left some to be desired rushing the passer this year, but was really stingy against the run. Uh, this has a chance to be an elite run defense now. And uh, getting that plug and play guy in the middle of your defense, I think was uh, the, the biggest splash of the day. Uh, not, not, I would say just in this whole, you know, there's a lot of good names on here, but I, I think when you look at the paper that they gave us today, that's the name for me that I, that I'm highlighting as number one in this class. Is your guy Jordan with the departures from Georgia? Are are they still like eh, whatever? Yeah. Are they starting yeah, to kind of like whatever? Are they, are they really? Yeah, they're like. I think the only one they were really upset about was Riola. I mean, mm-hmm. number one quarterback okay. Carson Beck is gonna I think next year is gonna be his last year, no matter what. I think. I, I, I eligibility. I'm not even going to try to guess anymore, but I think he'll, he has a good shot to be one of the first quarterbacks off the board in the 25 NFL draft at this point. So, you know, they were a little upset about that. Now they, I think they're all right. Georgia, I think can afford to have one off season where things aren't all uh, rainbows and butterflies. They'll be just fine. They still signed the number one class today. Yeah. You know, I, it's funny. Cause I, I'm hearing different coming out of Athens, man. I'm hearing, you, yeah, you're closer to it. You're closer to it. I'm hearing that they uh that this whole you know transfer portal thing is, is has bothered them, you know, a lot. Um, you know, which I would assume that it will. I mean, yeah, they've lost a lot. Your depth rug has just been snatched from under you. I mean, your depth is gone now. You know, you have no depth. You know, I mean, obviously they're gonna replace them with the portal and high school kids, but you know. High school kids are, you know, you don't you really know what you're going to get. Portal guys, you kind of have an idea, especially the ones that have been starting elsewhere. But, man, I, I think that's a big hit for any program, man, to lose that many guys, that many five-star guys. Obviously, they got yeah. a lot. But, but I just think, you know, anytime you lose – I mean, at one point, what, they had 17 guys in the portal? That, yeah, that, I think that's that, where it's at right now, yeah. Yeah, I mean – if the portal existed back in 2011 when Bama was really on top, I think that would hurt Bama significantly. Yeah. I think I just think that's a that's a big deal when you lose that many players. Sure, uh, I mean you got to replace. I, from a cultural standpoint, they're going to replace the actual talent. They're going to put the the talent piece of the puzzle back in place, but to replace a guy who's been in the program for three years, you know, who has helped build that culture, that's tough to replace, in my opinion. I don't care who you are. So, um, you know, I think that's just tough. So along with the quarterback situation, you know, he probably wouldn't tell us, obviously, but I'm sure, you know, Kirby Smart is uh, very disappointed in what's transpired in the past couple weeks. You know, I I just think, and especially what, what, and you look at what 
every well, not everybody, but there's about four teams, three teams in the SEC right now, and Kentucky's in that three-team mix that has really transformed their roster in the past couple of weeks. Um, you know, I think Bama always – I don't know how Nick Saban is doing it, but they are they always they are they are always mm-hmm. on top of this thing. Uh, but what Ole Miss is doing in the portal is unprecedented. I mean, they may have the third best roster right now for 2024. Yeah, they, SEC. Yeah. You yeah, know, they, they may have the third best roster. I mean, they are, and the way they schedule the schedule is set up. The only team that they play that's really, really, really good is Georgia. Yeah. Call it Spade Spade. You know, they got to play Kentucky. I, I get that. That that's game's at home, though. But they don't play Bama. They don't play. I don't think they play LSU. Nope. Um, you know, I don't think they play Texas or Oklahoma. So oh, they got to play one of them. That was they do. The, that was the whole rule. Oklahoma. Yeah, they got Oklahoma. Yeah, I think they have Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Yep. They got Oklahoma. So, and I don't think Oklahoma's no. like that, to be honest with you. Uh, no, they got the I, better of the two. Yeah, and I think a lot of guys are leaving there. But, you know, if I'm Kirby, man, I'm looking across the landscape of college football like, man, that's – you oh, know, I'm do. seeing I'm, I'm seeing they USC. LSU, by the way. That's the only oh, other one. They got LSU? Yeah, that's it. They got LSU on the road. But uh other than okay. that in uh Georgia, yeah, it's not bad. Yeah, it's not it's not bad at all. And I, you know, like I said, if I'm Kirby, man, I'm looking at this thing like, man, like we we definitely have gotten worse in the past couple of weeks. Um yeah. and it's like school like USC is probably saying the same thing. Oh, definitely. Uh, but uh, but you know, that that goes to show you how far this thing has gone, man. I mean, at this point. These 18, 19, 20-year-old dudes are like, hey, I'm gonna hit the market and, and, and test the waters and see if I can get see if I can, you know, get a pay. Okay, well, froze up a little bit. But that's um, you know, that's you know, Aaron, you you've been a Yankees fan. If you know, yeah. you get you get an acquisition that you know helps the Yankees and weakens the Red Sox, you're all for it. You know, yeah. I mean, like Johnny Johnny Damon. I don't know if he went Boston, New York first. You, <laughs> you right. know, but he played for both and Boston, that, that whole thing. Yeah. Um, and so you know, you got uh, Georgia still got a lot, but two two key guys, you know, a quarterback and a linebacker, go from Georgia to Kentucky. It definitely strengthens us. Maybe it doesn't weaken them as much as they think. <laughs> and you, what a, what. A, these these rumors. I know we talk a lot of Georgia, but we'll get to continue. Yeah. These the Kirby Smart is supposed to to replace Arthur Smith with the Falcons, which I think would be terrible. <laughs> but that, all this kind of you know this is this why this is why so many guys are leaving from there. Yeah. It's, it's BS. I mean, what's really going on <laughs> down there? What, uh, I think look, the, they got a lot of talent and got and it's an era of of college sports, not just football. You're not going to wait around for a starting job if you don't have to. And a lot of these guys are former four- and five-star high school guys, and they're going to find a chance to play somewhere, and that's all they care about. And they're still going to get paid by someone to do it. So I think that's all it is. Um, yeah, I, I don't think there's uh, I don't think there's that much to it. But uh, from Kentucky's standpoint, getting two guys that have been in that culture, Huge. I think that's huge. They, they talk about some of the leadership issues specifically on offense. And, you know, Brock Vandegrift has been in that Georgia system. Uh, he's, you know, he hasn't played, but he's been a quarterback in that Georgia system. You have to be a leader to play quarterback, even if you're not the starter. So uh, I, I think it's a, it, it's massive, massive, massive for uh, Kentucky to get a couple guys who all they know is winning, man. If they had beaten Alabama, would 
and you know, waiting for the playoff, would they still yeah. have had this many departures when yeah, their season that probably ended? Not. I don't think so. The, I think know, Kentucky benefited from the whole situation. One loss, and you got this much <laughs> yeah. affection. Well, it might have happened. It might have happened because those guys would have been able to enter after the playoffs. But it wouldn't have happened right now, and Kentucky probably would have just in. You know, you can't rely on that. So I think Kentucky would have had to reshuffle a little bit and find other guys to plug those holes. Uh, so they they got lucky. Alabama beat them. No doubt. <laughs> yeah. So we got. Pops, you know, Dumas Johnson, the, probably the headliner of the portal. You know, the, the balance is what Stoop said, you know, in the yep. high school ranks and in the portal. And you guys watched him today. And if he said mature and serious once, he said it 10 or 15 times about he some said of these it a guys. Lot. Yeah, and that's kind of – he kind of hit on that. He kind of was just banging. He's a mature guy. He's a serious guy. He's a mature – fit in our culture and, and that's seemed like that went into some of these evaluations as well in addition to what you know they do on the field yeah no doubt about it and again I think they've talked about how it's more I think this year the offense was really the issues with the culture stuff but they did talk about you know during the 2022 season how they didn't handle adversity well how you know sometimes they had to rely too much on the coaches to lead and they needed some players to step up the lead and I think they think they found some guys uh both in the portal and in um in high school ranks that can be leaders right away for the portal guys. And then some who are, who are going to kind of turn into leaders. I mean, to speak first off of the portal guys. I mean, we hit on Vandegrift and uh, pop Johnson there, but uh, chip, uh, chip train them. The running back from Ohio state who Jalen, I know you're really high on him. Uh, guy, he, the thing I love about him, man, is he's always fallen forward, which is what the best Kentucky running backs have always done. But uh, you know, Vince Marrow talked a lot about him as a leader today. Um, that that's a good sign. J- uh, Jamori Macklin, the wide receiver out of North Texas, how he is a head down, go to work guy and really, really serious about his game. He trains a lot with uh, his cousin, uh, Jeremy Macklin, who, of course, was a pretty damn good football player at Mizzou. And then with the uh, Vinny and I rivals Eagles there uh, in Philadelphia. <laughs> so, you know, getting some guys like that. And then uh, the guys in the high school ranks that they raved about, Brian Johnson. I don't know if I've ever heard them as high on a high school kid as they have been with Brian Johnson. They, they were talking about how he's the prettiest kid they've ever seen, let alone, uh, you <laughs> yeah. know. A uh, Robinson kid, yeah. Yeah, Robinson, you know, uh-huh. Youngstown guy. And, you know, I thought the the fun, the, the best – Vince Maris said a lot of good things today. But uh, one of my favorite lines from him, and he was talking about Brian Robinson, was how, you know, these parents would be on the recruiting visits and they'd be like, is that guy back from the NFL to visit? And no, he's a, he's one of you guys. He's a recruit. He's 17 years old. I mean, he's six, five. Um, I don't know if you guys follow him on Twitter, by the way, it's like most of these guys post highlight packages or whatever. This guy's like videos of him food prepping and, and working out. It's unbelievable how mature this kid is. So really high on him. And then the two kids from Corbin, the Smith twins, Jacob and Jer- Gerard Smith. Uh, two of the highest rated kids in the entire country, especially uh, I think Gerard is top 100, uh, top 100. So, you know, they feel like they were able to get some mature kids, some leaders, and maybe that's something that's been lacking the last couple of years and that's hurt them on the field. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a long day. It's a crazy day, but, you know, just think of it this way. J- Jalen, when you signed with Kentucky, how many kids were in your class? Do you know off the top of your head or in a ballpark? Yeah, it was, uh, I want to say 24. 24? Okay, so that is a higher number. That's a pretty high number. But I, this, yeah, I want to say 24. 
Yeah. So this between Portal and high school is tw- is going to be 28 if you count Bo Allen. Bo Allen, I think he's not on the list today, but I think it's because he's going to be a uh, P uh, preferred walk on. Um, so, you know, we'll probably hear that, but they're, I mean, they added 28 new players to the program today. Uh, some programs, you look at what Louisville's done, you know, they've got to be around that with how many portal guys. I know they took some less high school. That's why they went so heavy portal, but, uh, you mentioned Ole Miss there. Uh, they've got to have a ton of new guys. Uh, it's just crazy how much movement there is in college football. And that's why, you know, there's so much work with the coaches, with us trying to track all this down. And today's a, a long day. It's a, you know, a big list, but uh, this is one of the higher rated groups in uh, the Stoops Marrow era. Um, and you got to like what you see on paper, but now it's uh, now it's up to the coaches, man. Uh, it's up to the coaches to, to follow through with the whole recruit and develop philosophy that they've built this program on. They've had a couple down years, I think with that. Um, but yeah, uh, this has there, there's a lot of potential for this class to kind of be the one to uh, to turn that turn this thing around. Yeah, I lied, man. Our our class was 29. Oh, so you had a but, big one. Okay, well, one of these one of these guys I've never met in my life. That's <laughs> so I, I don't know. I don't know where. Yeah, I'll, I'll, so I'll 28. You, so 2014 is the one that Vince Marrow kind of compared this one to. That that one had 28. So I, I guess it's not as big a number as I thought. Um, I'm 2017, 20. So every year is different. I mean, they've had. You know, they had, what, Kentucky has 13 guys in the portal right now. That's 13 spots. You have a handful of NFL guys. You have a handful of guys who are out of eligibility. And, uh, you know, they won't be done with roster movement. You know, the portal will be open until January. We'll see if they add anyone, you know, by then or, you know, the second signing day in February. And then after spring ball, you'll probably see, you know, six to seven guys out, six to seven guys in. And uh, it's it's a crazy time. But – I think overall, like I, I don't think they've, I don't think they've lost anyone too harmful now that Jordan Dingle's back, and I think they've added a lot of good pieces. So I mean, losing, I think Trevin Wallace is the biggest loss, but you get Jamin Dumas Johnson. It's like okay, we'll be fine. And so you know, Dingle, you know, got to re-recruit the roster. Did you Dingle, hear that today? Porter. So there's a couple guys that you know, a couple. Did you hear that stuff about Dingle today? Where Stoops was like, "I'm not going to get get into it," but uh, there were a lot of there was a lot of money on the table, and obviously talking about Tennessee going hard after him. So, love yeah. to know what happened there. But yeah, they got Jordan Dingle back. That's freaking massive. Uh, he's he's your starting tight end. I think he's still, you know, I'm really high on Kamari Anderson, but I think Dingle's still the tight end one in that room going into next year. So you get him back, and uh, yeah, Shamar Porter too. Like you said, uh, that's a guy with a lot of high upside that. Uh, you know, that X spot, I think, uh, next year, I guess, you know, you have Dane Key in that spot for now. But if Dane Key has a really good year next year, he could be off to the NFL. And then it's between, like, Jamar Porter and Raymond Cottrell in uh, 2025. And, you know, Willie Rodriguez comes in. Tennessee got another yeah, tight end commit. And yeah. so Anderson and Dingle and – Rodriguez and Caddis and that room is still just going to stay deep. So yeah, they'll be fine there. Yeah. Yeah. The only, uh, I mentioned off the top, the the one thing I'm a little concerned about with this so far and there's time is offensive tackle. Um, they didn't all the offensive linemen they signed today by trader guards. Um, they talked about, I think Mark Nave uh, and, uh, the kid from Ohio who uh, was originally committed to OSU and then, uh, uh, Ava Salem, Abel Sel- uh, Slelm, excuse me, from uh, 
Simon Kenton up, up there in Independence, Kentucky, uh, as guys who could possibly play tackle one day. But I think those two probably project more as guards. Um, Jalen Farmer, the transfer from Florida they signed today, is a guard. Um, so I am a little, you know, Ben Crispin, who's going to be coming back from injuries, a guard. Dylan Ray and Jagger Burton are guards. So yeah. they're, pre- they're pretty set on the interior. I think Colby Keene will be the center number two next year. But um, my – <laughs> my, I guess my concern is they have four. I think right now the four offensive tackles they have on next year's roster are going to be uh, Marcus Cox, um, Cortland Ford, Malachi Wood, and Nick Hall. And with Wood and Hall, those were one is coming off an injury, and Wood is seen as like a if you could get him ready by his third or fourth year, you did a good job developing him and getting him ready because he's he's such a good frame. And they've talked a lot about him, but. Six eight skinny kid. Like there's a lot of work that needed to be done with him, technique wise and body wise. So um, they're gonna have to hit the portal. You think in January there are some options out there still. Maybe not starting options, but guys who can maybe develop and then like they did with Cortland Ford. Maybe after spring ball, see what's out there. But that tackle depth is thin. And he did say a couple more. You know couple more moves or he hinted yeah. at you know, a couple more yeah. subs coming. Yeah, they tried to flip the uh the kid from Florida State. Uh Jonathan Daniels, I want to say, uh was his name, four star commit. And there was some buzz. Yeah, Jonathan Daniels that they maybe were gonna be able to flip him today. Uh they pushed really hard, but uh he did end up signing FSU. Maybe that's a guy that hits the portal one day and you reconnect that there's a lot of that going on around the country. But uh yeah, they have four offensive tackles for twenty-four right now. They got to, uh, and one's coming off a season-ending injury. So uh, you gotta, you gotta build some depth there somehow. And you know, you mentioned, you know, the class coming in now. It's up to the coaches. Kind of the yeah. development's been a little bit down, um, but they addressed that you know with a hire. Hopefully, with the yeah, the, the question came up last week and we didn't put it up here to comment. But you mm-hmm. had said it in our group text, and then you said it after we finished. But the new wide receivers coach, you know, Dakeo Shorts is, is coming in, and so that uh, you know he had his introductory press conference, you know, uh, yesterday, yesterday yep. I think. So yeah, good know, dude got that position filled. So y'all, y'all thoughts on on that hire? Look, I'm going to be a little skeptical, not because of him, but Kentucky's had a lot of wide receivers coaches under Mark Stoops. Uh, hopefully one will stick here. But um, no, I, I'm more saying that teasing. He, I, I really like the I really like the hire from the standpoint of kind of what Liam Cohen described before they were able to even officially announce it, where he's a guy who's not far removed from his playing career and he played the position. He can probably – he talked about being a little washed up, but he, he can go out there and demonstrate some things where, you know, Woody I think was a quarterback. So he can't – nothing against Woody. He just didn't play the position um, at the college level. And, you know, this is a guy who didn't just play it at the college level. I think he's fifth all-time in West Virginia history in receiving yards, and that's a pretty good program up there in Morgantown. So um, yeah. this is a guy with a lot of success at the college level. This is a guy that did a really good job at Houston with his wide receivers. I mean, Tank Dell, who probably an all-rookie guy. I know he got hurt, but yeah. probably going to be on that all-rookie team, whatever they call it in the NFL. Um, he was awesome for the Texans. He was amazing at Houston. He led the country in receiving yards uh, in 21 and 22 combined. 
Um, Matthew Golden, a freshman who was kind of on Kentucky's radar uh, in the portal, was really good there for two years, transferred to Texas. Um, there are a couple others. One guy, I forget his name off the top of my head, this year for Houston, had 815 receiving yards. So, you know, he's he's developed some dudes down there uh, in H-Town. And I think now with some SEC talent, you know, Dane Key and Barry on Brown, get them back on track. You get Jamori Macklin, who's kind of like a going to be – a really experienced guy who has a ton of upside, you know, two years of eligibility if he's not ready for the NFL after the next year. And uh, some of the other depth pieces in that room, I, I, I like this hire. Yeah, I, I think it's a good hire. And, and I thought it was interesting to what uh, Liam Cohen said in his interview the other day. He, he he mentioned, and, you know, Woody is his boy. And he mentioned, you know, the yes. fact that we need somebody who's going to, you know, he kind of said this last, but discipline. We need discipline in the room. You know, he's. Yes. we need a guy who's done it. You know, we need a guy who the kids can relate to on and off the field. Um, and that he was straight up and honest with exactly what the issues were without saying it. Um, you know, so I thought that was, you know, he could have, like I said, Liam does a good job of giving people content because he, he he says things that usually Stoops probably call him in the office and have meetings with him. <laughs> But he, he, you know, he kind of, he gives them information up. But yeah, I, I like it. He's honest, man. You know, I think he's honest. But I think at this time next year, we're going to be able to be able to give a yay or a nay on this receiver hire. We're going to say, okay, the guy that we're looking at is Barry on Brown. Did we develop him to be able to use his talent at receiver? Because right. right now he's just a guy who can kick return. You give him a jet sweep. Or he runs a vertical ball. That who that's who he is. Can we develop this guy into a real receiver? Yep. And not only develop his route running, but develop the discipline of his route running. Can we make his butt disciplined? Can we make him do what he's supposed to do? Run his routes at the right depth. Get out. Get out of his breaks at the right time. Can we have those receivers running routes with pride? They lack juice. They lack pride in their route running. They, they lack pride in their blocking this year. Straight up, you they know, just watching the film, it, it just was his poor. It wasn't good. So that's what they're looking for. A, a, a good receiver coach is going to instill pride in those guys that so you got to bring your nuts to practice every day and do things the way it's supposed to be done. Because at the end of the day, if you don't, you don't play. The quarterback don't have confidence in you. And you're not going to get on the field if you don't block with some attitude. So that's going to be the thing. Can he make that guy in particular? I'm, I'm going to be able to look at the film next year at this time and say, Okay, I know what type of routes he ran in 21 and 22. I mean, I'm sorry, in 20 and 22 and 23. And is he running better routes in 24? Yeah, is exactly he playing right. with more discipline in his route running? Is he blocking with more effort, right? Is he, you know, getting lined up quick? Is he playing with more urgency and more intensity? That's what's going to be able to tell us if, if this receiver hire was good. Um, and, and obviously you can look at the whole group, but looking at that guy in particular, because I think that guy is the most, as good as he is, as good as Barryon Brown is and all the accolades that he's received in the past two years, I don't think he's come close to scratching the surface of that as, how, as a player, how good he can be. I agree. Uh, because he's not playing the receiver position. He's not. He's, he's playing athlete right now. Yep. Um, and that's how we're going to be able to judge that. You know, what is he going to, how is he going to develop this guy in eight months? In eight months, can we get this guy to be able to be the force that we know that he can be at the receiver spot? Take away the return game. Um, so that that's what it's going to be. So 
I can't wait to see it because I like to look at that type of stuff. I like to watch the film and, and really nerd out on it and, and see, okay, is he – because I know what they're running. I know what routes they're running. I know where they're supposed to be and when they're supposed to be there. Um, are they doing what they're supposed to do on a consistent basis? If they do, you're going to see this offense really take the next step. If not, then, you know, you're going to get some of the same results because at the end of the day, Dane Key played with zero confidence this year for the most part. Um, he had the big catch against Louisville, but – he didn't play with any swag, any juice, any, you know, um, they didn't play with any dog, that receiver, you know, just called a spade a spade. So we'll be able to tell uh, real quick uh, come September and October. Hey, there you go, man. Jay Witt never misses words, and that was that was pretty cut and dry on what we hope Coach Shorts can come in and kind of shore up at that position. Got some players in here. Got a new yeah. coach. So you revamped the whole room and got some good guys with ability that was already there in addition to what already we just got brought in. So ain't nothing to it but to do it now. So we'll see. No <laughs> Fellas, man, I think we hit everything. If you yeah, have anything else I want to add or we got it all covered. Or... No, I think uh, I think uh, we hit it all and uh, another – you know, next week will be another big week uh, around this. Uh, you know, you'll have uh, well, not basketball. We'll be able to talk about the little game, but football. You know, going into a bowl game. So that's right. That's right. So we'll do it all again next week. We appreciate everybody uh, bringing in the comments, you know, the Facebook comments, and you know, y'all tell your friends about the podcast. If you enjoy it, uh, go ahead and subscribe to it. If you want to listen on Apple or Spotify, do that. Be live here on Twitter and YouTube and Facebook. So. Keep on tuning in. We appreciate having y'all. And appreciate Aaron Gershon and Jalen Whitlow each and every week. And we'll be back next week for another episode of Believe in Kentucky. Go Cats handle business against the cards. We'll talk about it all next week. Until then, everybody stay safe. It's cold where you are. Try to stay warm. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube